Hello friends, welcome again to this weekday edition of New Kingdom Realities. And I'm your uncle, Edosa. And so once again, we'll be looking at the word together. But just before then, we would like to have a five minutes word of prayer. Amen. Once again, turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians. Ephesians 1, I read from Ephesians 1 from verse 17, so that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him be as of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance, the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to most world in believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heaven. Let us pray. Membro <laughs> 
Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So once again, we're welcome to understanding. Um, welcome to the new kingdom realities and um, this is our third episode and um, it's actually understanding the gospel part three and we'll be looking today we'll be looking at quickened we'll be looking at buried quickened and raised you know in our first episode we looked at what the gospel is all about we looked at how to read the bible and all of that we saw that the fulcrum of the gospel is about the dead burial and resurrection of our lord jesus christ hallelujah and so, in our last episode, we looked at the fact that there are the six redemptive work of Christ. Crucified, died, buried, quickened, raised, and seated. Hey, Amen. Hallelujah. So, and um, we also now, we now looked at the quickened and died. So, this, this, um, in this, um, in this um, podcast, we'll be looking at buried, quickened, and raised. Hallelujah. And then, um, just before I start, I would like to say that... Um, I see that you know some people will look at the, what 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 is the relevance of these things that I'm talking about? How does it apply to me? How does it? First of all, we must understand that the gospel is universal. Now I'm not only talking to Africans, I'm not only talking to Europeans, I'm not only talking to you to Americans, but I'm talking to the whole world. I'm talking a universal gospel, a gospel that addresses humanity. You understand the gospel that addresses the problem of humanity. I could say that from my own study of scriptures and what the Lord has taught me, I can say that we have found the problem of humanity. And if we found the problem of humanity, therefore we have the solution of humanity. So I want you to follow me in this series and even in my in all my teachings as I'll be teaching. I want you to follow me keenly because we now begin to see how we apply it on our very on our everyday life. Now begin to see, you know, I've not really talked about the idea, the concept of new kingdom realities. I've not really started talking about that. What I'm just talking about is understanding the gospel because this podcast, what it does is that it teaches the gospel and the realities of the new kingdom. So I've not really talked about all that, but this this will come up in our subsequent teachings. So what we want to want to do is a quick we have been looking at a quick recap the fact Galatians 2 20 I said I said I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ that liveth within me and the life which I now live I live by the faith of the Son of God which died and gave his life for me 
Hallelujah. Making us to realize that truly Jesus Christ was crucified. And we also saw it in the in the four gospels, how that he died. He said after these things, Jesus Christ yielded up the ghost, meaning he died. Actually, he died. So today we are looking at the fact that he was buried, the fact that he was quickened, and the fact that he was raised, that he was raised. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us not also we must constantly bear in our minds that the gospel, the fulcrum, the fulcrum, the center point of the gospel is about the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we see in 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 15, from verse 1 to 3. He said, I deliver to you first that which I also see, how that Christ died according to the scriptures for our sins and was buried, and on the third day he rose again. Hallelujah. Or reading critically in the epistles, we now begin to see that it, we cannot assure in such a way, we can now we can now look deeper into the mirror of that death, buried, and resurrection. We now see that there were also other peripheral events, and those are the events that now make up the sixth redemptive work of Christ. Why is it the redemptive work of Christ? Why would you say that it is the redemptive work of Christ? Because it is the redemptive work of Christ because it was what Christ did for man as man. It was what Christ did for man as man. And if you believe in the redemptive work of Christ, it has, it's, it's as if God is the one that did it. Hallelujah. It's as if God is, 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 is as if you are the one that did it. Because we see it that um, when Christ was crucified, we were crucified with him. When he died, we died with him. When we were buried, when he was buried, we were buried with him. When he was quickened, we were quickened with him. When he was raised, he was, we were raised with him. And now that he is seated, we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We'll look at all these things in detail. But very quickly, we want to look at the fact that the fact that he was he was he was buried, the fact that he was quickened, and the fact that he was raised again. Hallelujah. But before then, I'd like us to read and we'll start from reading Romans. What is the effect of the gospel? Amen. I read from verse Romans chapter one. I read from verse sixteen. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we see that the gospel is actually the power of God. The gospel is not trying to get the power of God. The gospel is not trying to accumulate the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. So wherever you are looking for the power of God, you have to look into the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes it. First to the Jew and unto to the Gentile. For daring is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, even as it's written, the just shall live by faith. So we see that the gospel is the power of God. So that's that that behoves us to understand what if it is the power of God, then it is our responsibility to know exactly what the gospel is. And that is what we've been trying to do. So let us quickly look at the term, the fact that Jesus Christ was buried. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at Luke. Let's before then we look at Luke. Let's look at let's look at um look at the man there. Let's look at almost there. Mm. Let's look at Colossians, yes. It's Colossians. Let's look at Colossians. Now read from verse 
11 from verse 11 i read from verse 11 said, um, in whom also he has circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting up the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also he had risen with him through the faith of the oppression of God, who had raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the circumcision of your flesh, had it quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. So the emphasis, the focus here is buried with him in baptism. Meaning that when Jesus Christ was buried, we were buried with him. Hallelujah. We were buried with him. Hallelujah. Then let's look at again. Let's look at Romans. Let's look at something in Romans. Amen. In Romans, read from verse... Verse... I'll read Romans chapter 6. I'll read from verse 3. He said, Know ye not that as that so many of us as we have baptized into Jesus Christ, we have baptized into his death, Therefore, we are buried with him with baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. So we are looking at the spiritual side. This is the spiritual side. But before then, we'll come to all these verses. Let's just look at actually the physical side. Because someone actually saying, you know, a preacher actually says something. He said, you know, what the Jews saw, you know, what the Jews saw was Jesus Christ dying on the cross. But what God saw was humanity dying on the cross. So, what happens is that why the four Gospels, it talks about the picture of what happens. The Epistles talks about the revelation of what happens. The Epistles talks about the X-ray. It's an X-ray into what happened. So let's look at it. Let's look at the four Gospels. Let's see. I'll read from Luke. So the question is, was Jesus actually... We've seen in the Epistles that he was buried. So we want to confirm it from the four Gospels that he was actually buried. Amen. Hallelujah. So we look at Luke chapter 23 from verse 15. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man. You know, we've talked about crucified and died. That one is settled. You know, I also said that our anchor book is the Bible. I'm not preaching from space. I'm preaching from a reference material. You know, even as students, we have textbooks that we reference. You know, the boys ask you when you talk, talk, talk. They'll say, what is your reference? So my reference is no other book than the Bible. The 66 books of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. And that is where I put my faith on, and that is where I'm preaching from. So let's look at let's look at um Luke chapter 23. I'll read from verse from verse um from verse 50. It says, And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went on to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulchre that was hewn in stone, wherein never man before was laid. And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew, drew on. And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and beheld the sepulchre, and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointment, and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. So we see it here that Jesus Christ was actually buried in a sepulchre, meaning that he was laid in a tomb. He was buried. But now 
down in the first gospel, what they saw was one man being buried. But in the epistles from the two verses from the two verses we've just read now, from the two passages we've read from Romans chapter six from verse three to one and Colossians, we read Colossians 1 17. We saw it that actually it was humanity being buried. You and I we were buried together with him. We will look at all these things. I know, you know, because what the Bible does, what the Bible, the Bible was actually is is their words, words that were first of all spoken before they were written. And they were written for it to be spoken. Amen. So we see that. And what the, what the word of God tries to do, the word of God tries to form images in our minds. And when these images are formed in our minds, this becomes our reality. So that is how it happens. So we'll look at all those things. But the point, the emphasis I'm trying to make here was that Jesus Christ was actually laid in a sepulcher. He was buried. He was not just thrown away, was not just his body was not just dispersed or left hanging to rot somewhere. No, no, he was actually buried in a sepulchre. He was buried in a tomb. He was laid to the ground. You see, so the next question we will now ask ourselves after the burial of Jesus Christ, which we've seen, where then did Jesus Christ go? Where then did Jesus Christ go? We've seen it that he was crucified. We've seen it that he died. Now we've seen it that he was buried. Where then did he go? So Jesus Christ did not go anywhere else other than the fact that he went to hell. Yes, Jesus Christ went to hell. After his death and burial, he descended into hell. Let's look at scriptures. Let's look at scriptures. Let's look at scriptures. First of all, we'll look at, we'll look at, you know, we, we had read this in one of our previous lessons, under the fact that in Matthew chapter 12, from verse 14, it said, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. In the heart of the earth. Now, let's look at what something, what Apostle Peter now said. In the book of Acts, because Peter throws more light. You know, that's why I said that the Bible must be read together. The Bible must be read together. Apostle Peter now said something in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. We'll read from verse 29. He said, Men and brethren, let me first speak unto you of the Patrick David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, Neither his flesh did see corruption. Verse 32. This Jesus had God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. So we see the, 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 the Apostle Peter was saying when he was giving his sermon, he was saying that 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 how that Jesus Christ that 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 his soul was not left in hell. Actually, he was actually quoting David. Let's see that. He was actually quoting David from Psalm 16:10. Let's look at it. Psalm 16:10. Psalm 16.10. Psalm 16.10 says, say, For thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So what he was saying that David, the apostle, the, 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 the David, the King David, spoke of this statement. 
But be that as it may, that the day the same David that spoke this statement is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is here with us. But however, that the David did not speak of himself, but he spoke of some other man, and that man is none other than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his body see corruption. So Jesus Christ actually went to hell. Now, hell, when we say hell, hell has, you know, I read, I said, I said something, if you, if you follow from the beginning of my teachings, I said that the Bible ought to be read in context. You read the Bible in context. That words make their greatest meaning in the context in which they are used. You don't take a word and, 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 and interpret a word out of context. It must be within the right context. Having said that, whenever we, we, we investigate the word hell, hell, it has three different contexts from our own study of the scriptures. I've seen it that hell in the Old Testament was referred to as shul. Shul, that's in Hebrew, and it means the grave. Now, when you now come into the New Testament, when you now come into the four Gospels, you see Jesus Christ made use of the term. We'll look at all these things in detail. We'll look at all these things in detail. Jesus Christ now made use of the term hell or fire. That hell there was interpreted in the Greek as Gehenna. But when you now come, when you now come, to the epistles coming from the Acts, especially with focus on the Acts, especially from what I just read now from Acts 2. This part that I just read now in Acts 2, Acts 2, Acts 2, chapter, Acts 2, yes, Acts 2, chapter 21. That hell in the Greek, it is Hades. It actually means the realm of the dead. What it actually means is the realm that dead people go when they die. So Jesus Christ actually went to the realm of the dead, but he did not remain in the realm of the dead because if he had remained in the realm of the dead, our salvation would not be complete. If he had remained in the realm of the dead, our salvation would not be full. But thank God for God that he was raised from the realm of the dead. We'll look at all those all those details in our subsequent But the point I'm trying to make from here is that when Jesus Christ was buried, Jesus Christ went no other place than he went to Hades. He went to hell, which is being interpreted as the realm of the dead. So he went there and he spent three days and three nights there. Hallelujah. He spent three days and three nights there. I really don't want to, to say most of the details, what he went there to do, what he went there not to do. That's not the focus of today's lesson because we are looking at buried, quaking, and raised. But the point is that he went to Hades, to the realm of the dead, and he spent there three days and three nights. Having said that, what then now happened after he went to hell for three days and three nights? Mind you, it's not recorded in scriptures that he went to hell to fight with the devil in hell. That is not scriptural. It is not there in scriptures that he went to hell to go and be fighting boxing with the devil. No, no, no. That's not scriptural. But we'll look at all those. But one thing that is certain is that he went to the realm of the dead. He went to the realm of the gathered spirits. That is hell. It is. That is Hades. So we see, so after that, after three days and three nights, that brings us to the next 
event that happened was that he was quickened. Hallelujah. Let's look at it. And mind you, as I said earlier on, that what happened to Jesus in the fourth gospel, we saw what happened to him as though it was happening to one man. But in the episodes, we will not see it, that what happened to one man was actually happening to all men. We'll look at it. Let's look at let's look at something. Before we look at that, let's look at something. Let's look at something in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Chapter 5. I'll read from verse 14. <clears throat> He said, for the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. He said, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. So what this means is trying to us that if we thus judge that Christ died. He will just show that if one died for all, then we are all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live, that they which live should not as live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Meaning that when we told Joe that if one, if if we told Joe that one died, then we are all dead. We'll look at all those things in detail. But the point I'm trying to make here is that after his burial. He went to the realm of the dead. And after the realm, that takes us to the next the next event, which was the fact in Colossians. As we see, in Colossians, you see it in Colossians chapter 2. In Colossians chapter 2, it says something... Um, Yes, 13, and that's here. He said, And you, being dead in your sins and the old circumcision of your flesh, had he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. That brings us to the next thing. He was quickened. What does it mean to be quickened? To be quickened means to come alive. It means to make alive. It just simply means to make alive. So what that tells us is that Jesus Christ was made alive from the dead hallelujah jesus christ was made alive from the dead these things i'm telling you they are not rhetorics they are not mere sins they are the word of god how that a man died how that he was buried and went into the realm of the dead and how that after three days he was quickened he was made alive how was he made alive he was made alive by the power of god and the fact still remains that when he was quickened, we were quickened together with him. So when he was made alive, we were made alive together with him, never to die anymore. But people are still dying. I will explain all of that in our subsequent lessons. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're quickened together with him. We're made alive together with him. Jesus Christ was quickened. How was he quickened? Let's look at how he was quickened. We look at Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. That I was quickened. Ephesians 1 from verse 19 said, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards all to believe? I come to walk in his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right, right hand in the heavenly. So we see that Jesus Christ was quickened by the power of God. 
God exerted all his power in raising Christ from the dead. In fact, the preacher put it that the power, the same power that destroyed everything that Satan has released as a result of Adam's disobedience was destroyed, was completely annihilated by the resurrection, by the quickening and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Look at all of that. So Jesus Christ was actually quickened by the power of God. He was quickened by the power of God. He was quickened by the power of God. You see, in fact, some, some Greek scholar says that this Ephesians 1 from verse um, from verse 18 to, 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 to 22, it has the highest concentration of power in the Bible. He has kratos. It has yupabalo. It has all the concentration of power. You see there, talked about exceeding greatness of his power, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrote in Christ when raised from a him at his own right hand, far above. You see, you see, so exceeding greatness, power towards who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ. So we talk about look at it. So Jesus Christ was made alive, was made alive by the power of God. Let's look at something in the book of we'll look at it. We'll look at it. Um, yes, we'll look at it here yeah, as first in First Peter chapter three, from verse um, eighteen. He said, "For Christ has one also one suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit." We saw it again. So quickened by the Spirit, and the next thing is that he was raised. Amen. And my time is up. So we we'll look at raised. We couldn't finish race tonight, so we'll look at raised and seated in our next episode. Thank you very much. God bless you.